I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, Flav, are you ready, mate? Uh, just give me a couple of seconds. I'm just working something out here. Why, what are you doing work? That wasn't a couple of seconds. Anyway, I'm just working out how much money I need to buy the microphone of my dreams and buy lots of different iPhones so I can open up multiple accounts and leave lots of reviews on the Bull Street podcast to push us up the iTunes charts. Great idea. Uh, how much have you, have you worked out? How much do you actually need for that? Well, I need a million pounds, Matt. No way. Do you have a million pounds? No, mate. Better than that. What do you mean? Well, Bet Victor have got this amazing offer. Bet who? Bet Victor. If you place a £5 bet with them on the Euros, then you get a free prediction on who will score the winning goal in the Euro 16 final and when that goal will be scored. So I place a £5 bet and get a free shot at a million. Is that what you're saying? Yes, mate. Place a bet and then you get to predict the minute and the score of the first goal in the Euro 16 final to win £1 million that you've already said you need. Do you know what they should call that? They should call that the million pound goal. They already do, Flav. Shut the front door. That's amazing. How do I enter? Ball Street will post a link the day after the semi-finals. All you need to do is click that, make your bet, and then... Make my million pound prediction. Great, mate. <laughs> this is amazing. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this one of those adverts that they sometimes, that they sometimes hear before podcasts? It is, Flav. Terms and conditions apply. The long ball. Hello and welcome to the Long Ball Street Podcast, episode 9 of the Ball Street Podcast, is that right? I've lost count, Flav. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we get fine. this wrong every week, so we've no idea. Once again, here with Matt. Hello, mate. Once again, no stew. I know, and uh, you, your loyal co-host. Yes. Every week. Every mate, week, without know. foul. We're here with <laughs> <laughs> Troy Townsend. Um, he, you work for Kick It Out first, first and foremost, yep. because that was obviously part most important thing you do in your life. The other thing is father to uh, Andros Townsend, England's international. Andros Townsend England's international although uh, redundant over the summer but yeah well, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> well, I look forward to talking about that actually <laughs> former Tottenham uh, former Newcastle now uh, Crystal Palace winger yeah um, how are you Troy how have you been because uh, we know each other there's yeah, full we disclosure do. we do yeah, know each other we from, do. Uh, yeah. the from time previous <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when obviously people know I do the Fighting Cup podcast also 
Um, we've had you on talking about Andros, and yeah. you've been very open and candid. And what this should be a, a very interesting hour of, of podcasting. Um, I think the best place to to start would be England because Andros didn't he didn't make it, and a lot of people, myself included, James from Ball Street, yeah, we, we we've been on camera to say that we think Andros would have offered us something that we didn't have in that mm. squad. You know, mm. we had pace in Sterling. But as we saw, Sterling offered very little apart from flashes in the game against uh, Iceland. Mm. I think I think your son would have brought something. You can say Townsend. I'll let you say Townsend. Yeah, we had this yeah. thing before. Recording. <laughs> I, I, so I've got this really bad habit of saying Townsend. I always refer to footballers by their surname. It's like, <laughs> I've said before, it's like footballers are, are, should be because they can do what most mortals can't do on a football pitch and with a football. So they should be held up in... With, in high esteem on a pedestal they so, are call, they are yeah they are so, so call, are. Then to, 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 to call him by his first name yeah so I don't know I you don't know, know him through association though. yeah but yeah, no I know but it's not enough it's not enough <laughs> but, uh, it's like Arsenal fans that call Wilshere Jack do you call Sheringham Teddy no really? absolutely not no I don't call anyone by their first name this so if you met him I'd, when you first met him, him I'd, yeah. I'd probably say Mr. Sheringham. <laughs> 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 Certainly him, because he's old enough you to be probably, my old man. Having seen you with Glenn Hoddle, you probably wouldn't be able to speak. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's probably right. right. Yeah. I, met, I met Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. And I melted. <laughs> it went, you're melting yeah, now. I'm, I'm melting. Talking about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going bright red. We talked about this in the pod before. I'll tell you after. No but worries. No it worries was, at it all. Was hor- it was lovely, but it horrendous. It was beautiful to watch. Yeah, I But getting back to that, I mean... When we were out there, we were talking to Wrighty, Hoddle, probably yeah. a few others. Mm. Actually, every single person was like, "Why is Townsend yeah. not in the squad? Mm. Why is Andros yeah. <laughs> Townsend? Well, you know, why not in the squad?" Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I've got, you know, the disappointment. It's nice to hear people talk about him that way and that he could have had an impact, but it doesn't make up for the disappointment of him not being there. Mm. Um, I generally thought that he was in. In terms of, I know he was in the 26, um, but being the only out and out winger, I'm saying you yeah. can't not but take a, a, yeah. him and loads it's of option, people in the game. Yeah, loads of people in the game were saying the same thing. And if you're talking about someone in form, then yeah. he was the form person. He that had was a going very in. decent end to yeah. the year, didn't yeah, he? In yeah, a so. team that was struggling, he was the bright spark, actually. <sighs> well, not according to Newcastle fans now that he's left, but yeah, he was, <laughs> he was the bright spark and, and, and he performed. You know, he very quickly got his confidence and, and his ability, you know, because that zaps from you when you're when you're not playing and, and people question who you are. And, and that's why I can kind of sympathise a little bit with Raheem Sterling. Mm. Um, but it wasn't Raheem Sterling's fault that he was being picked all the time. No. You know, he was suffering from confidence and it's one of those things. So with Andros being there, and then he only got 14 minutes of football in the, in the friendlies. And I was like, wow, either that's, he's done enough, they know what he can do, mm. or... I don't know. Um, and then obviously on the Tuesday, we got the news that, yeah, he's, he's on his way home. So massively disappointed because looking at the way England were playing as well and looking at, you know, hearing Roy say about Iceland, we're playing, we're going to be playing on the wings today. Well, you can't because you yeah. haven't actually got any yeah. wingers to play can, for the wings. Can I just say, right, hang on a minute. Football, it's about balance. It, it's about being... It's supposed to be. There's supposed to be, you know, a level of symmetry to all things mm. in life that mm. are probably good. There's balance to mm. it. But in football, especially so, mm. I just I, how do you take one winger? Yeah, well, and, you, uh, sorry, but I just don't get that. You know what? And the thing about Raheem is Raheem's not the Raheem he was a few years ago, so no. he's not actually a winger because he loves playing inside. Mm. So to actually then go and class him as a winger, 
inadverted or whatever you want to call him. True. I don't actually think he is. So no. we actually went out there without one. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, again, watching Marcus Rashford come on against Iceland and in the four minutes creating you know the most take-ons out of all the English players yeah. and causing don't you think in yourself, five bloody in five minutes. minutes you think to yourself <laughs> one Marcus should have been on earlier two there should have been that on the other side as yeah. well yeah well well this is the thing and I think that we 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 said this um, last week when when England had gone out we did mm. a podcast um, it was that when you look at the teams that we're going to play. You're playing Wales, um, you're playing Slovakia, Slovakia yeah. Russia. you're playing Russia. You want to be in a position where you can you can spread play. Yeah. So why would you not go out there with some width? Because if you're looking at that, and, and just by asking Sterling to play in, yeah. in that advanced role, if you think about the player he was a, a couple of years ago, mm. um, I think in that Liverpool time they were playing very much counter-attacking yeah, football was their way. He was yeah. picking up the ball deep, central often, yeah. um, but he was picking the ball up very deep and he was able to kind of carry a ball no from deep. No the likes of Luis Suarez. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and Sturridge, the move, and Coutinho, yeah. the yeah, movement yeah, yeah, was yeah. very incisive yeah. and very deliberate, but it was counter-attacking. But that's very different when you're playing against teams like Wales, who you know are going to sit, are going to sit back. Mm-hmm. So you're asking Raheem, who's a, who's a slight build, to take a ball often without momentum around and without movement in an advanced position, mm. often kind of quite tightly marked. But I think square pegs and round holes. If you isn't do it? your homework properly, you look at who, like you're saying, Matt, you look at who England were playing. You think to yourself. Are Russia really going to come at us? Mm. Are Wales going to come at us? Are Slovakia going to come yeah, at us? Yeah. So, if plan A, and our plan A, I'd like to say I know what our plan A was, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. If plan A doesn't work, there must be a B and there must be a C. Yeah. For that B and C not to have any width in it whatsoever was just, I don't know, it was well, just it's ridiculous. Not, it's, not, it's barely a change in style, really, if, if there well, even was one. In a sense, it was because you asked Sterling and you asked Sturridge to go and play in areas that they didn't really didn't want to be in. You asked yeah. Bardi to go and play in areas they didn't want to be in. That's not a plan. And, and so, no. So all of a sudden, you've got it was supposedly five forwards, but you're not actually using them as forwards. No. Which then says to me, well, why are they there? And by playing the inverse guy, I Sturridge on the right who's left footed mm. Sterling on the left and he's right footed mm. their natural tendency is to kind of come in well, quite well, a lot as well he's got he was ability. making everything narrow yeah. he's got the Sturridge sorry bless Sturridge yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> he's got the ability to come inside and to make things happen how often has you, have you seen Sturridge go on the outside mm. now the, the, the thing about Andros it's not for me to big up any parts of his game because I'm sure people will shoot me down on it but he has that ability to do both Definitely. So he'll come inside or go on the outside. So he'll take you on the outside twice and come in. Yeah. What that says to a, a fullback is, right, what's he going to do next? Is he going to go on the outside? Yeah. Do I shuffle him down there or do I come inside? And mm. you know, So it's that unpredictability that creates kind of the nervousness about a defender that will make things happen. And I think every time that England made the pitch narrow and, and you know played within to the, the opposition's strength, it nullified what we were doing. It yeah. made it very easy for yeah. for average defences to to defend because everything was kind of in front of them. They were, they were never uh, stretched by kind of getting around the outside. The one time that Sterling went to the byline, mm. um, he actually stopped and pulled it back because you know what he mm. can't because cross with his left foot from the byline. And, and this is the thing about your boy is, and I'm not just saying this because you're no, you don't have to, but but but. What he's able to do, and I think me and, me and Hoddle yeah. were talking about this, <laughs> he's able to dig the ball out with both feet yeah. from very wide, 
touchline and that variety and being able to do this and to do that is, is so well, important that gives you something that you haven't got in that squad which means that really that's something that you, you may need at some stage even if it's sitting on the bench for 80 minutes Yeah, one chance one opportunity one something from somewhere listen Russia I think what happens is people very quickly forget what was good about England because we've gone out mm. we played 60 minutes against Russia where I think everybody was purring about England's performance then it levelled um, and then we went negative we went negative once and Milner came on and mm. I think Russia must have thought this is great This, yeah. is, you know, let's load it let's see what we can get off of it yeah. I thought we played half decent against Wales without really doing enough to win the game but we won the game yeah but, but uh, that was more about uh, momentum energy yeah, and yeah. tempo now, as much as the biggest, carefully designed no it wasn't designed I think everyone yeah. can see it wasn't designed but the biggest thing about that is that then you lose all that momentum and yeah. I thought that we came across as rather arrogant in making those six changes that we did against yeah. Slovakia um, because I've never known an England team yet that can do that mm. So we've made six changes and we've disrespected Slovakia a bit who's gone, do you know what, we're going to dig in, we're going to keep this tight. They're going to make six changes. It ain't happening against us. There's, there's few teams in the world that can make six changes. I, I've seen Spurs make six changes against some minnows in Europe and struggle. And, and it becomes a game all of a sudden, doesn't yeah, it? So, yeah. you know, the, the, the relief and the, 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 the buzz that England would have got from scoring late against... Well, listen, if you're going to win a game, win it like that. Mm. You know, if you're not going to win 3-4-0, and four nil, win it like that. Last minute, everyone's buzzing, you're yeah. flying. You saw Gary Nev run down the touchline. All of a sudden, people saying, that's the passion that we're talking about with England, just through celebrating that goal. Mm. And then to lose that. And I personally think he, he made the changes because he wanted to make a couple, which may have been Harry and Raheem. Mm. And he's, he's kind of made a couple more to make it look like those two weren't being dropped because those two came back in against Iceland I just remember after half an hour of the first game I was saying Sterling is causing us problems here for the simple fact that he's getting lost in possession he doesn't look to it he's losing the ball in possession he's, he's over elaborating when he's on it he's taking too long to kind of make a decision and ultimately he's in fairly he's getting lots of ball in, in quality areas of the pitch and he's not creating very much with it well, that's because he wasn't but, a confident but, lad going into the tournament and I think what England tried to do and, and people within the camp can tell no that wasn't what we tried I think they tried to play him into form yeah. So they've tried to give him everything that he's needed to play him into form. And uh, that's difficult. You can't just play someone into no. form. I think Raheem would have been better coming off the bench Definitely. when people are tired. Yeah. Give him 20 minutes, make, let him make an impact but, and then go from there. Because again, I think that they were hanging him out for dry, expecting him to, in the way that we're playing with teams defending, I don't think that he's, he's good at taking the ball a lot of the time with his back to goal yeah, 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 and without yeah, space to yeah. run into it and having to create all that momentum from a standing start, often without much movement. Because if someone's defending very deep and everything in front of them and you're picking up the ball in that final third, you, you've got to... There's not necessarily um, the conditions yeah. which which are suited towards his pace and him being able to carry a ball. Well, he needs thing, to pick it up deep. The thing is, as well, good. we can remember his good moments. And if you can remember someone's good moments throughout a tournament, then mm. that means that they've not had an impact that everyone was hoping that they mm. had. It was a weird one, wasn't it? Because Andros is all, 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 almost came across as like a favourite of Hodgson's. If he was in form, he was in that squad. Mm. And even sometimes when he was perhaps not firing as I we've seen him, that, yeah. he was in the squad. Yeah. But it kind of there's a logic to that because Ojin has a system. He knows what players are going to fit in that side that system. International football, despite what many ill-informed fans of the game think, isn't about just picking the best players and throwing no, them in there. No. It's about pink, no. picking the correct players for the system. Um, and he ended the season 
uh, brilliantly for Newcastle. He absolutely tore up Spurs on the last day of the season, which for the first I'm time ever... I'm face when you said well, that. Well, I was looking at him, I was saying, well, <laughs> seven. Was it seven years old? Yeah. And this is how you... Nine years old, and this is how you repay me. Yeah. <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's what I was sitting there thinking. Five one. How dare you he? I was... It was that game where I was so nervous going into it. Yeah. When I finally realised I didn't want nothing on the game yeah, yeah. I didn't want Spurs to be able to win the league And I didn't want Newcastle to be relegated yeah. Lo and behold One was true One wasn't But I was still nervous going into it Because I know how much it meant to him um, And him going into that game And then I don't think Newcastle touched the ball For the first ten minutes Yeah, I was like, shit Flipping hell it could, This could be And then the more he grew on it The more he started to attack Ben yeah, uh, and obviously Ben's going to be worried with pace. Yeah, yeah. And then I, once I knew Danny wasn't playing, I thought to myself, he's going to have a day and a half today. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Ben Davis and the way he plays, because uh, you know, he's, as he's proved in uh, out in France, absolutely, he, he's done really well. But yeah. pace is going to be the thing. And obviously, he had a point to prove, and his point to prove was that I, you know, I've gone, but I'm I'm still a, a, a good player, and I think mm. he he done it very very he's desperate to score, as you could tell. Yeah, desperate to score, so I wanted the pen. They didn't. Ronaldo didn't give him the pen, and then flash one off the bar as well. So brilliant, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you're saying that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Townsend, for that uh, <laughs> that anecdote. More of that. No worries. <laughs> just quickly back back to England. Um, yeah. Obviously, you, you've coached to B level, FA B level. Yeah, I just I've, I've stopped coaching a while ago, and I stopped even bothering to look at my qualifications a while ago because I didn't want to have a career professionally within the game of yeah. coaching. Um, I was happy to, to to help and support and develop young players mm. through my. I set up two of my own academies and help and support young players, particularly from uh, deprived areas, players yeah. who probably wouldn't have the opportunity to be looked at, yeah. and also have. And it's no disrespect to their parenting, but have certain discipline that takes to make it in the game. So what we wanted to do was bridge the gap between grassroots and the academy level. Um, and to be fair we had a number of success stories out of that but also players that have dropped out of the academy system providing them with a net to be able to, to believe yeah. in themselves again to go back up mm. you know I was released as a as a 18 year old and I didn't know what there was I didn't know there was anywhere else to go or, or football to play and you know I drifted out of the game and drifted into a dark world for a little while so the impact mm. on being released can be quite harsh on Young yeah, players well, nowadays. That's that's fascinating because you think about the amount of talent that does come from kind of uh, oh, I don't know, areas of high poverty. You yeah, know, you yeah, think yeah, about yeah. there's players that have come out of Tottenham with yeah, Green. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. young Noel Ranger who's just just got well, uh, a story in himself, isn't ab- it? Do you absolutely. Know what I mean, I mean, yeah. He's and and he's just, now, he, I mean, and it's it's good because you hope that he he's, he'll be able to to hold that down because he's his talent's there. He's a good enough player. Um, but it, there's so many young players of uh, magnificent talent that unfortunately don't have the infrastructure or have been influenced by other things. Or have parents who who, who have the commitment to that what being in academy. I mean, it's a massive commitment for a parent as well, and a cost. You know, and a, and a cost. You know, you're taking your son four times a week plus a game. Yeah. And school, that's a massive commitment. And sometimes I'm not quite sure a lot of the parents know what they're getting into as well, um, which is some of the stuff that I'm trying to help them with and educate them with up and down the country now because it's, you know, you have to devote yourself to his possible career. Yeah. And it's different because for, for young people, if I asked a 10-year-old, 
what do you want to be when you not saying that you're 10 Flav but what do you want to be when you grow up 10 year old's going to go to me oh, I'm Podcast just having fun, fun. <laughs> <laughs> but a 10 year old's going oh I'm just having fun yeah. you know yeah. but a young player is already working towards his dream mm. at 9 at 10 even younger now in the yeah. academy system so you know let's take Andrus for instance he he was working towards his dream from an 8 year old you know and he's having to be disciplined and, 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 and the impact of all that I don't think sometimes people actually get that and understand that and understand what is required and the, and, and what they have to do beyond to support the that. talent beyond the talent yeah. as well yeah you know and, and, and the parents and people close to him have a massive part to play in that mm. and that's why I through my failings as a, as a young player in terms of I always say that I failed I've had people say well you didn't fail did you um, but I failed I grew up uh, I was at Millwall I was with Teddy Sheridan funny enough so we were centre forward partners at Beaumont uh, Sunday League Club and then we were at Millwall together um, Teddy's career went one way my career went another way um, and it's you know going through that journey that made me wanted to start my own academy to help young people who I didn't have my parents around my parents were working and making sure that I could have a pair of boots to go and play yeah. let alone anything else so yeah. you know I turned to the touchline and there was no one there for me to see it. but I remember Teddy used to turn to the touchline his dad was everywhere yeah. and I thought his dad was part of the coaching staff but he wasn't <laughs> he was just a, a, a parent that was going to be everywhere with his son yeah. um, and I don't I think we underestimate that sometimes you know through good times through difficult times the impact of being there and I'm not a vocal parent from the touchline mm. were, were there any element any parts of Andrus's development then when you thought this is touch and go he may not make it and you had to prepare to prepare him or was it was it's it kind of plain sailing he was very single minded as, as a young man and, and uh, he his whole attitude was football yeah. and uh, listen my whole attitude was football but it didn't work for me and I think I had ability but I think the change happened was when John McDermott and uh, Chris Ramsey and Alex Inglefall came in at Spurs I remember having a conversation with some people at Tottenham who were saying to me that Andros didn't have the desire and wasn't you know wasn't really you know they quoted Jamie Slabber and I'm like <laughs> if you're going to quote Jamie Slabber to me then we need to end this conversation now do you know what I mean but, uh, for those who don't know Jamie Slabber was um uh, a footballer. Oh no, I don't really mean. Um, he, he, he was never forward. He was never going to make it at Tottenham. Mm. Of limited ability, and for anyone right. to say hold Slabber up as a, 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 a kind of bastion of what you need to become a professional footballer, unfortunately, he was of limited. Well, he, he left Spurs and went to Aldershot. Yeah. And so it's nothing against Jamie, but he was the one that was. And obviously, I haven't had a conversation with Jamie, so I don't. This is what people were telling me: you had to have his desire. Uh, but football's not just made up of desire. So I thought Andrus was, was, was doing well. He was playing a year up. Other people had other opinions on him. Uh, we turned back up a couple of days later after being told, well, it is touch and go. Um, and they were the ones that were gone and not Andros. And so, you know, all of a sudden this new regime came in, John McDermott, Chris Ramsey. Uh, and his game went from strength to strength. Mm. We knew he was going to get a contract that would take him into the, to his scholarship. He's 16 or 18 years old after his uh, schooling, although his schooling wasn't the best. Uh, he was already an international footballer. So I don't think there was a worry from our part that he wouldn't do that. And the next step was he wanted to play football as quick as possible, and I mean men's football. So, you know, he went very quickly from playing as being a youngster in the under-18s to playing in the, under, in the reserves it was then. 
and being in the reserves people say how oh, reserves but I remember uh, Tottenham Chelsea at Leighton Orient that's where Spurs reserves used to be Spurs reserve lineup that night uh, William Gallas uh, Gareth Bale playing left back Jamie O'Hara Tom Huddleston David Bentley Angels Townsend Roman Pavlichenko and Giovanni De Santos and I've forgotten who the right back was I'm sorry <laughs> That was Tottenham's under, uh, reserve side, managed by Clive Allen at the time. Yeah, so, so, red nap's not bad. A red, a red <laughs> nap, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you not see bad. that team, yeah, uh, crazy. and on that day, Terry Skibbert and Yeovil was up in the stands, came to see John Abika. Yeah, uh, left taking John and Andros uh, yeah. the very next day. So, seventeen-year-old, he was leaving home, um, going to live in in Somerset, Yeovil. But because he wanted to. He wanted to be the best that he could be, so it was it was great being an under eighteen, you know, as everyone now says, being pampered. Although I don't think that's the case, but he wanted to go out and experience, you know, what it was like playing in front of a crowd, being abused, showing his talent off against other people, and you know, for ten games, uh, I, you know, I've spoken to Terry Skibberton probably about six, six weeks ago, yeah, who again re- reiterated to me that Andrus and John Tane changed the culture down at Yeovil. So these two 17-year-olds walking in at a place where you've got seasoned professionals, etc., changed the culture down at Yeovil, made them do uh, ice baths. And Andrus was the last person to come out. Every, you know, we'd driven three and a half miles, I don't know, three and a half uh, hours, I don't know how many miles it was. And he's always the last one out of the room when everyone else has gone home. But it's because he, he did everything properly and John was the same, you know. So what, what's, your, what's your opinion on the uh, loans system? Because obviously Redknapp was famous for thinking that there's no value in a reserve league and that most young players are going to benefit from loan moves you saw it I know I don't want to make this Tottenham centric but it's what I know Harry Kane went out and did a load of loan moves Obika did and didn't quite make it Andros had nine Andros had nine loans yeah I mean ideally you don't want to think I'm going out nine loans for a young player of any club what, what, what do you think is a nine loan excessive I think it's excessive but like I said if you're not knocking on the door or getting an opportunity Harry Radnapp wasn't playing young players then yeah. so if you're not getting an opportunity you want to play football and that enabled him to, to have 100 games under his belt mm. where he probably would have had about three four mm. coming off the bench in an FA Cup tie where, so all of a sudden he's now an established player because he's got 100 games right it's not with his parent club but he's got 100 games so the loan system for me is is for young players that want to treat it right, magnificent. Yeah. On the other hand, you've got a lad like John Bostock, you know, signed from Crystal Palace, playing every week at Palace, signed for Tottenham. All of a sudden, you know, he's not the big fish. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the youngest player to to make his debut in Europe for Spurs, and everyone thought he had it made. Mm. But it was always that they were going to loan him out again, mm. and he got loaned out, and it didn't quite happen for him for whatever reason. He started like a house on fire at Brentford and at Hull, but then you know there's questions about his attitude, questions about whatever. And and it, listen, I wasn't there, so it's not for me to say that, but that sticks with you as well. So you know, all of Andrus's loans have been an experience. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. All of them, you know. You, you, you know the good ones, the, the the MK Dons, the Millwalls, the uh, Yeovils, the Leighton Orient was half decent, and you know the ones that were absolute crap. Leeds, uh, Watford, yes. you know what I mean? They were absolute crap loans. But yeah. QPR was all, a great loan. QPR was a great loan. Ipswich under Roy King, yeah, what an experience in more ways than one. 
Yeah. You know, so this is it's how you treat it. But I, I read today Bostocks was signed for a club in somewhere in Europe. Like a, a well, I knew he was leaving because yeah. he was in Belgium. Yeah. And I knew he was leaving. I thought he might come back to England, but has he gone somewhere in Europe? Yeah, it? I think it might be Lons. Right, okay. Know, like the second All right, good on him. Because he's building his career again, so good on him. Know, hopefully. I'd yeah. like to see him back. The boy's only 23. It's how it is. Yeah. Jesus. I remember, you know. I remember when he signed well, well, can I, At what age were your, um, did you do your badges, do your academies, and I, how old was Andros? I did mine at my first badge. I did at twenty, uh, level one, because my old coach said to me, "Yeah, you know, it's a good thing get on the ladder." And I think I did the second one, late late twenties. Right, late twenties. So, how old were you when you had Andros? God, Jesus Christ, Matt, give me a break. <laughs> um, Andros is twenty five in a couple of weeks' time, so I was twenty six. Twenty five. I was going to say, yeah, it was twenty five in on, in July. God. Yeah. You look alright. I know. Mr. Townsend. Yeah. Doing all, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, so I was 26. 26, right. When okay. I had Andros, yeah. When I had Andros, so. See, I think probably he's, he's, it's fair to say that he'll have taken advantage of what you'd learned, I guess, from a coaching and your experiences well, think, of, of trying to make it in football. Yeah, I think uh, what you don't do, is, you don't drum it home to your children. You, you don't, whatever you want them to be in life, and this is football, this is anything, if, if you have a particular, you know, like of that sport or industry or whatever else, I never drummed it into him. Yeah. You know, it's, because it can go two ways that way. You know, it can be a positive or it can be a damn right negative because you're always drumming in the same messages. Mm. The reason I got the, 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 the children to support Tottenham is that I made sure it was on the telly all the time and I was jumping up and down whenever Spurs scored. So, yeah. oh, daddy likes them. Yeah. But, you know, it... it, it what you, have you done? You, you do take on, yeah. <laughs> you do take on a, a certain aspect because football... But he was never pressured into it. It was enjoyment. It was, you know, enjoy it, enjoy it. You know, play the game with a smile yeah. on your face, or you know, train with a smile on your face. And to be fair, we live across the way from Arsenal, <laughs> and he used to go over there and train by himself all yeah. the time. Mm. And that's after being released by Arsenal Football Club. So, mm. you know, but there must have been many times when you guys will chat when he's at a game. You know, when things haven't gone right, and he's he's, he's trying to not understand the experiences. Not too intense, Matt. The 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 biggest one was when he got released as an as an eight year old because apparently he was too small. Hmm. Um, not to worry uh, about the game. The game's not that massive at an eight or nine year old to hmm. worry about that. When there was a possibility of being released at Spurs, um, and he used to be coached by Paul Elliott as well, uh, hmm. and a guy called Dave Dove, they had their own academy, and it was good because. At the time, I felt that they were concentrating on the things that he did well. I always think that sometimes in academy football, they concentrate on the things that you don't do. There's a great book yeah. on actually focusing on your strengths and how actually output within uh, in, in a business that's, yeah. that's focused on people's strengths and puts people in the roles that they're actually yeah. good at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, rather than rather than the yeah. weaknesses and yeah, so the, I, the, I, the actually output yeah. and happiness and therefore discretional effort goes up massively. Exactly. So, so I love that. Yeah. So I, I thought that, and they gave him the opportunity to just be himself. And um, yeah, of course you have chats, but it was really nothing too intense because I don't know what chats are being had behind closed doors at Spurs mm. Mm. so what conversations and whatever and what they're inputting into his, his mindset so it so is there what do you mean is there a fear of influencing the, or, or not, undoing not fear, what they're doing yeah not a fear but you know he's in he's in their hands and I've got to trust and like I said when John McDermott and uh, Chris Ramsey and them came in I trusted them as a, as a we trusted them I say I we trusted them as a family as a, a unit to do well by him 
I can't say there was that trust beforehand, but because obviously being a coach, course up, you know, we used to go out and, and train a little bit and whatever else, and you know, get your crosses right, get your shots on, and, you know. But I don't want it; didn't want it to be too intense because then it can also become overpowering as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but what I mean is, I mean, look, having. I haven't met you a few times before, but you can see that you're intelligent. You can mm. see that you're really articulate. Jesus, can I hold that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but you're very articulate. Yeah. Mm. You've obviously got great experiences to draw from yourself as yeah. a guy, nearly making it, playing with the likes of Teddy, seeing mm. people. Sorry, sharing them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seeing people that have gone yeah, on I've to seen, make yeah, it and yeah, do yeah. very well, yeah. um, and. As well as that, you've learned the, the principles of coaching rather than a lot of parents that stand, a yeah. lot of parents that stand on the sidelines and, and just contributing like, yeah. towards, yeah. Um, uh, you know, in kids football, often yeah. it's like anarchy, isn't it? Of Everyone's it is. bunching, following the ball, yeah. mm-hmm. and just going mad about winning. Where so I, I think that kind of is um, is lucky in, in in some degree to have that kind of level of. Um, of influence, even if that influence isn't necessarily. I know what you're going to say. Go in, yeah, bam, do this, bam, do bam, that, bam. do that. Sometimes that's the better. Thing but it was to the influence that I never sport. had. I think if I had had that, I had talent. There's no denying that. As I was going through my my schooling and and, and playing for your district and your county and whatever else, you know, and, and then eventually joining. Remember my first game for Millwall, running home and saying to mum, "I'm man of the match," and these clubs all want me, and she screwed it up and said, "Have you done your homework?" <laughs> so that kind of said to me yeah. I'm never going to break down that barrier because right. she just didn't understand it or wasn't yeah. interested um, I don't know if I realised the impact of that of not having someone to go home to that understood although I'm saying that we didn't overdo it when Andros came home but it's still an understanding that we understood so when he was had a bad game was in a bad mood we understood that do you know what I mean when he was flying we understood that you know Yeah. I never had that and I think and again I would never say anything against my parents but you look at it and you think to yourself that's the important part of the next bit of your development is having that support around you and that's why like I said going back to creating my own academies that's why I did it was to make sure that young players who have talent and have ability had someone to bounce off of that understood that level of the game you're going to love this even more we were chatting before is is it the chocolate bar you're going to give me because I'm Oh, you want it? <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I hold that for Angie. I was trying to find it. All right, thank you. I was, we well, I, it was going to be a, a bit of a joke, but you're ruined now. But I see, I see you need it. So I bought you a boost bar. <laughs> I do need a boost. Thank you. Um, Apology if you hear the chewing. I need, I need something. That's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Troy was saying that uh, they've got a, a family WhatsApp group, the Townsend. Can I be in it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine? Please. It'd be amazing. Uh, but obviously... Uh, Townsend made a massive move from from Newcastle to Palace, and it just said something about. Oh, go on, you, I'm telling you a story. You That's fine, and just is. <laughs> I do love this already, but yeah, yeah, okay, I can. I know he's held a brother just just put a, uh, a text out just saying I didn't know Drake had signed for Crystal Palace so. <laughs> he's, he's grown his hair he's, he's had his haircut and he's he's putting on his uh, beard and whatever else. Because so. the reason why I ask is there is there. It would be difficult for someone like Andros to remain grounded when he earns the money he does obviously mm. he can afford the things he does he's, he's, he's obviously grown up in, in a world where footballers are treated differently to the way they would have been in, in your day yeah, um, yeah. You, you've yeah, already alluded yeah. to the yeah, fact yeah. that they're not as pampered as people say that they are yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's an easier life to some degree there's a bubble around them I'm talking about cliches here mm. what, what I'm asking is 
is it is it's interesting that your family dynamic has allowed him to still be ridiculed even though he's clearly doing what he's doing well I think it's important that you keep things real and it's important that uh, listen professional footballers today uh, are well looked after um, yeah. more than what me and you will ever be and more than what some can even imagine um, he's not at the high scales of the scale but like you say he, you know he can live comfortably and, and but it's important to bring realism back into all that as well. And I think this is where we get detached from some of our young players is there's not a lot of realism around them. Yeah. And there's too many, not just young players, sorry, players growing in the game. There's too many yeses and there's too many yes if you want and you know if you can. There's never no's thrown in there. When I was growing up, to be told no or you're not going to make it hit me massively because I'd never had that. Mm. I'd always been told you're a good player, you will do this, you'll be do that. So... At 17, when someone says to you, yeah, actually, we're going to let you go. Yeah. You know, that was massive. Um, something that I never recovered from for a good good number of years. But so, again, just to, just keep it real. Just keep that, you know, at the end of the day, they're still a member of the family. Yeah. That's first and foremost. Fair and enough. good upbringing and, and good surrounding is important to that. I was just going to ask, who was, because um, you're obviously quite a similar age to Wrighty. Um, it's taken me yeah. about 10 minutes to work out. You've <laughs> <laughs> been 25 and you've been 26. So you're, you're a similar age. Who, who, who was your football heroes? Who did you look up to when you were a kid? My hero, uh, ultimate hero, was always Pele. Um, just because, uh, you know, I saw this guy who was just seemed out of this world. But Laurie Cunningham um, right, okay. was mine. Laurie uh, was just everything that I wanted to be in terms of his style, his elegance, the mm. way that he played. And then I remember, I didn't know footballers were real. When I was growing up, I did not know they were real. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I That's exactly that, what I'm no. talking about. So one day I was, I was messing about in Leighton <laughs> with a friend because our football club was next to Leighton Orient, Beaumont. Yeah. So I, was, I think I was waiting for my friend to get himself uh, ready and sorted. I think it was a school holidays. Out of one of the side roads on Church Road, Bob's Laurie Cunningham <laughs> with football boots in his hand. So I'm like, I just stared. Now I'd rush up to him and say, oh, brilliant, blah, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. if he was still with us. But I just stared like a, an actual footballer walked out of a side road and walked down the road to training. That's when I finally knew they were real, not just something that was black and white on my TV. <laughs> you, know? you thought they were like equivalent to superheroes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, and, another fixture, yeah. I'll paint, paint you a picture, Troy. Imagine Laurie Cunningham in that situation, right? Mm. But instead of him carrying football boots, he was sitting in front of you, about three feet away, having his dinner, and you're in front of you're in front of him. That was me and Hoddle. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. That's exactly it. So well, it's it's true, Flav. I could, I you know, couldn't say a word. The least I could have done was gone, "Hi, Laurie," or anything <laughs> like that. I couldn't do it. How old were you then? I'd imagine that I was probably about eleven. 11, like, 12. He was 11 years old. You're a full grown man. It's <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't you care. can't start. I do not care. You need to realise you're a man now. <laughs> you're an adult no, now. No, when it comes to football, I'm not. I'm that kid. I'm the eight year old kid on a turnstile with my dad holding my hand. That's, yeah, that's no, it. Brilliant. Always yeah, be that way. Um, I just want to talk about fathers and sons. I, I just want to ask a question about um, watching Andros play in high pressure managers and what that's like as, as his father. Watching with, him play in, in games. So Tottenham versus Arsenal when he started. Away from home, I think he was under Sherwood. Brilliant, brilliant. That was brilliant, but nerve wracking. Yeah, and all uh, for England. Are you worried about him making mistakes? Yeah. Are you, if he makes mistakes, I, I, you like. I'm not the best watcher. Yeah. So, listen, because it's him, obviously, because it's my 
son and blood and I'm not the best watcher because all I want to do is see him do well and I know that if he makes a bad pass or dribbles the ball out of play there's going to be a section that's going to be yeah. on him the yeah. groan of the yeah. crowd yeah. 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 So all that stuff the Tottenham Arsenal game North London derby everything that you'd want your son to play in for the first time uh, although we lost yeah. I thought we had a good game yeah he did and he got taken off and yeah. there was grumbles around me why are they text I thought oh, that's good yeah. <laughs> the England game first 45 minutes oh, listen can I say no I won't say shitting myself no I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah swear, I, I, I was absolutely hacking myself yeah um, nervous shaking whatever else because I just want him to do well uh, and he had a good first half is this the one he hit the bar from about no no this one he actually scored in that's right, the first right. one I was had a good first, and then I said to me what's wrong with you <coughs> right you need to loosen up because he can feel it <laughs> feel it. Do you know what I mean? And do you know what? I loosened up second half. I don't know how. Just loosened up a little bit. He does the run that creates the goal for Rooney, and twenty minutes later, he scores on his England debut. She was right. Yeah, that's not going out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the Poland game, which is the game on the, the Wednesday afterwards. Mm. I was more relaxed, although still nervous. I was more relaxed because I'd seen him do it, yeah, and yeah. I knew that there was no fear around doing it. And mm. then. I watched him tear Poland apart and hit the bar and, and almost score another one. And I thought to myself, this stuff is it. yeah, this stuff is easy. And so there was no there was no nervousness as such. But you know, making his debut for new, every Newcastle game, there's no every game there's a nervous nature about it yeah. because you wouldn't be a parent if you if you wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even if it's just watching your kid in a in a nativity play. You're yeah. nervous, aren't you, that yeah. you're going to make mistakes or do things wrong. So, of course. Yeah. I'm going to be a father soon, actually, for the first time. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and I'm kind of terrified about that kind of thing, because I've got a dog and I'm pretty... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm nervous when he's doing anything. Yeah, I'm very yeah. proud of him yeah. and, and, and worried. So I, I imagine it, yeah, it must it's, be... It's, uh, you know what, and it's the game that we all love, mm. but... and. You know how frustration it is watching Tottenham at times, although it's been great this year, but yeah. you apply your own pressure when you watch your own team. Uh, you apply your own pressure because you just want them to win, full stop. You almost don't see what other people see. You don't, yeah, exactly. So my focus is on him all the time, and like I say, I just want him to do well. A couple of quick questions. Firstly, who was his hero growing up? I was interested in that. The real Ronaldo. The real Ronaldo. The real Ronaldo. Two. He was the best, yeah, yeah, wasn't he? Brilliant. Yeah. He was the so best. So we got him a pair of those silver R9 boots and yeah. he loves those. And he, he got a retro pair not too long ago as it goes, but yeah, really? the real Ronaldo. He was. Yeah. And the way that he... Do you remember watching him? Yeah, 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 of course, absolutely. I remember watching the film. At Barcelona when and, he was there. Oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And Ryan Giggs as well, because obviously Giggsy ran his position. Mm. Um, you know, took a lot out of what Giggsy mm. did and what he was doing at a young age. So, yeah, I would say those two. Very good. The, uh, what I was going to say as well is given again having met you and, and, and everything that I was saying before um, how are you helping him prepare for life after football funny you say that someone else asked me that earlier on and at the moment it, it, it's not a preparing for life after football he's 24 years of age going on to 25 some would say that he's been in the game quite a long time um, having the struggle to try and break into the Tottenham team it almost seems like his Premier League career has not been that long yeah. although he's been playing football for seven years um, the next stage which has to happen in the next 12 18 months would imagine would would be that preparing yeah. I think he he likes the game he's coached before and I think he likes that you know not in the same pressured environment but 
it goes well but again that is totally I don't make the decisions for him mm. it, it's down to him and, and what he feels naturally that he wants to do so I think the fact that like I've spoken before about the good grounding and the level headed and, and yep. stuff like that I think that will hold him in good stead he's, yeah. he's not put it this way he's not a drinker he's not a smoker he, he doesn't go out in terms of like partying like we see some do so yeah. he prefers night scene he prefers dinners with his missus or the family and whatever else so he's not an expensive football, yeah. footballer as such do you yeah. know what I mean he doesn't waste money um, so I think he'll be fine but those kind of preparation stuff yeah. is kind of on it, the it, way it, now it is I mean, this is something that um, that I've seen from all footballers that um I've spent time with throughout my. I was at Talksport for a long time, and uh, and then here as well. Um. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And it really does seem that there's from that whole the lads mm. the itinerary yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the the pedestal that you're on with the whole world being concerned with are you fit are you playing so-and-so's gonna you know, have a good game being on form all that that, that 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 brings you can I think that when you then see the guy sort of step out of that mm. I've spoken to many of them I've such problems with it oh, it's, uh, it's, it's it without doubt it's, man, it's difficult yeah but you know Andros had humble beginnings, you know, and Andros went out alone at seventeen and, and you know, lived in a hotel for six months, you know, cooking pasta when he shouldn't have even bloody had a, a stove in the in the hotel room. Supposed <laughs> to be eating the hotel food and stuff like that. So, you know, training on, on, on Dog Shit Park as some people call it, you know, at Yeovil where they didn't have the luxury facilities and whatever else. Mm. And then hopping around club to club to club. So for me, he's earned the right to be where he is because he's done it the hard way. You know, he's dropped out the top level and done it the hard yeah. way to get back up to that level. So he's never had things handed to him on a plate. We did yeah. it as a family anyway. You, you give your, your children what you think you can with, while living, you know, amongst your means. So he's a very appreciative footballer and knows where, he, where his status is. And uh, I think sometimes our young people get knocked quite a lot about that. 
um, because you get the odd story that you then think that they're being flash and whatever mm. else. He's not one to post pictures. He's not one to shout from the rooftops. Yeah. Most of his tweets or, or stuff that he puts out publicly is about the game. Yeah. It is cool. I'm saying it, football as well, right? This is something that in, in, in you see in American sport a great deal. You've seen I follow UFC quite a lot yeah, and mixed yeah. martial arts, and yeah. you've seen that with people that have that have been in that game that are coming out of it. It's quite a big transition, out, a of, massive transition. out of football in something else, and it's just something that I find kind of intriguing because I don't think that in the past that there's been that much. Um, uh, you know, be it mental health, be it managing finances. I don't think there's been enough wisdom that's been shared, there's, but I think that you're starting to see a change. There's a now. lot more. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. more being shared now. I mean, I, I'm literally in a meeting on Thursday around everything that's done around the welfare of players. Right. But very much so, players will take on what they want to take on. So we, all three of us, come from different backgrounds, or we could share a story with a young player of our experiences. That player will choose to listen to all three of us, or he'll choose to listen to one out of the three or two out of the three. Ultimately, it will come back down to the individual again. So you could give him the best sound advice you want financially, the best advice you want for a career after football, the best advice you want, you know, I don't know, to to to, to you know to buy premises, houses, mm. whatever. If he wants to listen to it, they will listen to it. Or he's got the people around him say, oh. Those two gentlemen were brilliant. You know, they mm. gave great advice. We need to act upon that. If they don't want to listen to it at the time, they won't. Mm. So there is the mechanisms in place now to help and support. Could there be more? Again, I'll always say yes. You've never done enough to help these players. You know, when you go from an environment where you're in a group mentality, you go into a change room. There's always another fifteen minimum, fifteen other guys. There's always laughter. There's always joking. There's always that camaraderie. When you wake up one morning and that is no more, and then the next day it's no more, and the next, then things change yeah. massively. And, and I suppose that you can never replicate that. Mm. No. Because even when you go into coaching, you're not actually in that environment because you've now stepped away from the, 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 the playing side of it where that environment is acceptable. So I don't think there is a way of ever managing that situation properly, mm. but it's about the individual and you know where they see themselves mm. and how they can adapt to that change because that is a massive change. It is, but for me, it's, it's a bit about the education system as well. They teachers essentially in schools how to work for money. Yeah, they teachers. That's what they teach. They yeah, don't yeah. teach people financial no. wisdom, mm. financial planning. They don't teach people how to make money work for themselves. Mm. Um, and I think that for people now that have got the opportunity where they they get money, and I don't just mean yeah, in, yeah, in, in yeah, football yeah, or, or, or your boy, yeah. I mean people that have success as as actors or or, or in music or indeed in anything. I think that that you know, people that win a lottery, how many people win the lottery and then they lose it? I'm still trying. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but you're right. But, but they lose it because they never have because it there's there's nothing in place yeah. that that gives you that and that uh, gives them the understanding. It's something I find fascinating yeah. uh, ultimately for because I think it's a challenge for. For uh, for humanity as much as it is for yeah, you know, I mean, for, for individual no, people. I understand that. Yeah, for, for for a lot of uh, Premier League footballers or some sort of about success throughout their career, it becomes the first main challenge. It's only life challenge. Yeah, when, yeah. Uh, when like you say, that camaraderie's gone and you have to move on. It's um, it's, it's like waking up in the morning and that a lot of boxers go through it. You know, they wake they up, the training regime's yeah, gone, of the pressure of fights have gone, and how do you how do you maintain and, that? And it's the disciplined footballer, or the disciplined individual that mm. will maintain his life after that. Yeah, but it's a constant challenge until you get into a place where you accept that it's no more, mm. and you're you're now someone different. 
Mm. And that is, uh, you know, for any uh, for us, it's easy to sit. I say it's easy, but we can sit down here and talk about that and not really understand the impact of that. Mm. And I haven't had to see that impact yeah. through through Andros yet. I know, like I said to you, that when I came, when I was told that it was no more, the impact that had on me, which was a massive negative, um, that sent me smir- spiraling into a, a zone that I don't even want to repeat in here. Yeah. But it had a massive effect on me, and it yeah. took me four or five years to come out of that. Yeah. To then imagine. start trying to. Yeah. What am I now doing with my life? Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, and that's just at that level. Yeah. Mm. So, and, and that's very early. We've the vast majority of exactly. your life ahead, and I think exactly. coming out of that thirty-five or something like that, I can, you can imagine. There's, it, there's it's another tough. stat which is a horrible stat to, to quote, but you know the biggest amount of male suicide within professional uh, young players is between eighteen and twenty-four. Really? You know, and why is that? Dreams it's being disappointment. Killed, yeah. It's, yeah, it's dreams being you know your identity being taken yeah. away. One percent of academic uh, academy players mm. make it. And that's 99%. Or you'd probably say, you know, 98, 99% of those are pinning their hopes on becoming a professional. And that's that's why I do the education I do because you can't, you can't but be real with with players. And if you tell them that you're all going to make it and you're all going to be earning 100 grand a week and you're all going to be, you know what I mean, looked after and you won't have to do anything, then they're going to live this life that is not there. Mm. So you tell them that, you know what, you know, out of 20 people sitting in this room now, might be two of you if you're lucky mm. that makes mm. it here and right. then you've got to go and find football somewhere else absolutely um, let, let's I mean uh, as, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing and, and mental health in, 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 in young players but men in general is something I've been interested in a long time and I'd love to talk more about this but um, I, I do also want to talk about Townsend's arrival at Palace <laughs> Because <laughs> you're going to say Tottenham again. <laughs> I just do I want to talk about Tottenham. I can't believe you ain't shoe on Daddlesfield in, into this <laughs> conversation. Coming, That's it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, Palace is he, he signed. Yeah, um, spent six months at, uh, at Newcastle. Yeah, um, some would argue it's quite a short time to spend at a club, but you can understand he's, he's he wants to play international football. We touched a bit on that anyhow. Mm. But he's joined an ambitious club. They've signed Mandana, the French international yeah. keeper, great keeper. He is that's a yeah, good signing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got a good. I'd presume he's coming as number one. It's uh, interesting though. They've got a, got a quite strong. Or there's obviously Balassi, Zaha. Zaha. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the guy? Sako. Sako. Is he going in there? Not like. It ain't like he's walking into that team. Well, you ain't going to walk into it. This is a team that reached the FA Cup final last year. Oh, yeah. You know, but also a team that ultimately underachieved in the league last so, year. So what, but, but, but they're a team that I, I went to see Palace a couple of times last mm, year. Yeah. And I was a, and I think that, um, I forget who was playing, the guy that scored a load of goals that then got injured in the playoff final that they actually got promoted in, Murray. Uh, Glenn, yeah, Murray, yeah, Glenn Murray, Glenn Murray, yeah. Murray, and then there was um, the guy who used to play for you and Arsenal, remind me his name. I don't know Ad- Adebayor Oh god uh, <laughs> Don't remind me Right 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 right, right. Uh, but, but I remember at that time uh, Saying Back looks to, to my mate Who I'd gone to the game With his pass on Back looks kind of decent Midfield looks decent Out wide does But they're A they're not getting Into the ball quick enough mm, yeah. but, but they're missing um, I, I think that the striker that they, If they could get The right guy up front Shamak they had as well Shemak, if, if they could yeah. get The right guy up top I think they'd open it up wow. so I was surprised then when I saw that they had taken out a forward in the in the deal that yeah, brought yeah, Andros yeah. there well uh, from what I know, I know Dwight very well um, <laughs> he comes from the same same part of London that we do 
Um, no one ever had the ultimate trust in him as much as what yeah. he was scoring goals. Mm. Um, and I think that boy, boy does he know where to back it up. Yeah, yeah, the white is brilliant. I think he'll do very well at Newcastle. It's a great move for him. So not looking forward to them playing against Huddersfield next year. Sorry, I think Palace are looking at options. I think they've signed Tompkins today. That's right. Um, that's, uh, that's helping their defence out. And obviously, the biggest thing they're looking at at the moment is Ben Tech. Okay. See that? That? that uh, I, think, I, I mean, do, do we think that there might be another wide player moving out as well? Potentially a Balassi? Do you think he. he I would hope not. I think yeah. if you've got Andros, if you've got Balassi, if you've got Zaha, you keep people think on their toes and thinking, don't you? Mm-hmm. It, all three of them uh, uh, bring something different to a front line that can be quite explosive at times and interchangeable, interchangeable, well, yeah. and, and can and, and means that the back four or wherever it is cannot rest on their laurels because they'll mm. do something that's unexpected. So yeah. I would hope that they keep them together. Like you say, we've got Punching as well. Who's mm. yeah, we've forgotten about Kabai. You know, they've got Kabai. So they've got a, 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 a good nucleus of a, of a strong squad there. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest challenge for Andros now is, is to get back in the Premier League and to start, you know, first of all, earning the right to play at Crystal Palace. And listen, I can understand the, the, the Newcastle fans' disappointment. I think the biggest thing is that he signed for Alan Pardew. And Palace and Newcastle fans hate Pardew. Got to be honest, a bit of an issue for me as well. Not a big fan of Pardew. Don't like him. But to be honest, I think that when it, <laughs> sorry, you just had to throw that yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> when when it, if fans are angry about a player it's leaving the club, thing. it's usually because yeah. they're pissed off that they're going. Yeah. If fans are happy that they're leaving, that's what you, an you know what I can understand. We've what we've said all along. We can understand the disappointment. He, he had six months. Um, he gave it absolute everything in that mm. six months while there were others maybe not pulling their weight a little yeah. bit and that was appreciated yeah. by the fans and, and you could tell it was appreciated and, and yeah I'm no fool to think that all of a sudden he's he's the worst thing since sliced bread but he's the worst thing since sliced bread because he's not playing for them anymore yeah um, is this, is any, has there been abuse come through social media there's been plenty of abuse social media to me to him whatever mm. else you, you know that's the nature of the business of social media it gives people that instant in you know and to be fair on the other side of it I've had some wonderful messages and during the time that we were there there was nothing but great things being said about him and about us to be totally honest so mm. You're in the, you're in an industry where you realise that one minute you, you're making people happy, the next minute, as far as they're concerned, you're shitting on them, so they yeah. they feel that they've got the right to have a pop. So the thing is, though, right? And they just got relegated. And they just got relegated. Yeah. So, and but, they've been, you know, the whole Mike Ashley thing. Well, it's, listen, they're too big. A tough spell. They're too big a club to be where they are, and the, the enormity of that place was lost on me until I actually went up there. You know, you just think they're a club. And then you go up there and you realise that there are 52,000 fans that are as passionate yeah. as anybody that I've ever seen. And yeah. that, St James's Park, or that's what I call it anyway, is, is the hub of the town. Yeah. It's the vocal part. Yeah. So everyone comes in to go to St James's yeah. Park. Yeah. Um, and, and there's such a great history of producing great players, fantastic. producing some great teams, some great football. And you're right about the fans there. Wherever they go, the oh, numbers are huge. Numbers the noise, the banter. Yeah. We had some great times away from home with them as well. And, yeah. you know, some of the games, particularly early doors, they were getting absolutely battered away yeah. at Chelsea and away at Southampton. And luckily he scored, well, not luckily, they scored the last goal in both games. But even then they're making a joke about it. You know, we've scored a goal, you know, because yeah. it's the whole, like, 
nature of what they are is they just wanted people to wear the shirt and wear it with pride and I think all fans say that but Newcastle fans do that particularly just want them to wear yeah. the shirt with pride I think that there's a um, and obviously when you I've been relegated and I've been promoted mm. um, never from the Premier League <laughs> or to the Premier League but you know I've been through that and, and I've seen a lot of clubs come up and down into our leagues and you know been I know that you Flav as a Spurs fan I don't think you've ever no. I've been relegated. Well, we flaunted seven, with seven, it once, eight. didn't we? Whoa, yeah, yeah, wow, did we flaunt with there it? There was, and then we got relegated, recently. didn't we? Yeah, but, 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 but there's, there's a lot of teams and fans that don't really have that because obviously a lot of people spot Man United, they spot Arsenal, they spot Chelsea, you know, they spot um, Spurs mm. and support these big teams. You don't have that, yeah. but there's something that's kind of uh, when teams go down. I think it, it's galvanizes yeah you know, the, I, I would rather I would rather personally mm. reign in heaven than serve in hell mm. if you know what <laughs> I mean oh, oh, oh sorry hang on I said that wrong Did you? I wish we could cut this out serve in, serve in hell sorry reign <laughs> So I'd rather reign in hell than serve so in heaven. heaven. Yeah, yeah. God, it would have been cooler if I said that right the first time. The other one said it better. Well. Yeah. I quite like them both. I think it was because I had conviction at that point. Yeah, yeah uh, it's uh, when you're when you're talking, all you have to do it was with passion, like, and yeah. you, you think, and you just yeah. go along for the ride. No, to be fair, I, I get what you're saying, man. I feel for them that they've gone down. Mm. But I can only see good things happening for yeah. that club from now on, and they've got the perfect man in charge. Um, and then you know people say, well, why did you ever leave then and stuff like that? Yeah. But they've got you know for Rafa to to stay in charge and to I think now have the opportunity to build the future of the mm. club moving forward is massive for the club and it will go way beyond Andros yeah. to be totally honest. You know what I mean? They will have new heroes and I think they'll build something there that will be sustainable. Mm. I expect them to come straight back up, but it's not and a strong side as well strong, yeah, with a winning easy, mentality. Yeah. It sounds um, like it's and they'll have a load of good away days. Oh, like, go, going fantastic. away and losing is not as much fun as going away smashing win, smashing someone three yeah. nil. Been 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 three nil with ten minutes to go. Having yeah. a good sing having song, good, yeah, exactly. taking the piss, and then going I can't home. The last time I've experienced yeah. that, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good buzz. Yeah, it's brilliant. I've yeah, never yeah. experienced that. I just see people come and do that Huddersfield every goddamn week. Luckily enough, every time we went to St James's Park, we never saw them lose. Right. Um, when Andros was there, we never yeah. saw them lose. So it was a nice buzz to be around the town because we used to stay up there as well. It was a nice buzz to be around the town when Newcastle had won. Mm. Um, you know, and yeah. you can imagine that. I like I said, never experienced it away from home, unfortunately. Mm. Although coming back from two 0 down against Liverpool was unbelievable, and mm. they were brilliant. Mm. And that's what I'm saying is they've got a fan base there that will carry that club. Yeah. As long as the fan base starts to really connect with the club better, amazing connect club. With the club. Imagine what club they'd be when Ashley finally fucks off. Well, incredible. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. It sounds like they've really left. I can left the mark on you. Actually, I, yeah. I love the place. So yeah. you know, it's disappointing when you read some of the comments you do, and uh, because I love the place, well, and Andros loved the place. Yeah. It was like I say, it's. It's a matter of two divisions. <laughs> but you get, but this is bloody social media for you, no, or, exactly. or elements of it. Have you heard, have you heard our podcast with Wrighty, by the way? Uh, yeah, I have as it goes. Yeah, yeah. I've done my homework a little right. bit. Don't worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Yeah. You know, look what he's done for Arsenal. Look yeah. what he's given to yeah, that yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at him going through the pain barrier. Yeah. He's on Twitter. He interacts with people, and all that he's doing is giving his opinion. Yeah. Which is kind of why you follow people anyway to interact. Exactly. And some people can't handle it because they're supposed to be angry yeah, people. He's dropped so off of Twitter now, hasn't Troy, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he might be back at some yeah. point. But, so, uh, but yeah, so, for now, so yeah. So Troy uh, deals with Twitter people. 
that, that sometimes contact him. Twitter and, people. Well, I, I didn't want to say trolls because they, they are human beings, um, but they, uh, in the same way, the right does and and. Blocks. and what? No, no, no. Well, he does block. I block at times, but I interact but with them. Right, right. If, but not, not even argue, because if people come at you, what gives them the right to come at you and not expect a response? These people sometimes tap away and just think, oh, I've sent that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll call him what I want. He's let me down or whatever else. When you come back and you're measured, mm. then they got to think. Mm. And more often than not, it's just that, oh, thank you. Uh, I didn't think you'd respond or stuff yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? He has a lot of that yeah. as well. But then there was people DMing me. Oh, oh brilliant make sure you stay this that and the other they're actually slaughtering me out in public yeah but, yeah. but they're DMing saying you know yeah. and I don't think people should be allowed to get away with what they do listen if it's abusive extreme or it's swearing or it's of a uh, discriminatory nature then I won't respond at all and I'll uh, to be fair I'll just yeah clock it off because yeah. it's very therapeutic to, to actually block someone yeah <laughs> you know it's, see you later mate yeah bye bye they yeah. just disappear yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. so I, I will normally just go bye or yeah, yeah. you know that thing in the right hand side unfollow it it's simple yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. simple but some of them you think to yourself no hold on let me engage in a bit of conversation and see how this, yeah. this person really takes it Yeah. Uh, listen none of us deserve that and I don't no. use the platform for that I've met people up and down the country and that's how me and Flav met just it's, it's a beautiful platform to, uh-huh. to talk and express yourself and, and to air your views because we can have a disagreement because you may think that player X is, is great and I might think his contribution is crap mm. that doesn't mean we have to then start going well you're a bloody this and I'm a I know, know what I mean? the, like where did it get to in life right where people are so uncomfortable with because having they a difference hide, of opinion they can hide behind the fact that they're never going to see they're never going to meet me so if I'm never going to meet him I can abuse him any hour I want mm. you know so the I'm anonymity almost yeah exactly what do you know can you tell us a little bit about how Andros does he how does he approach Twitter now and he, to be fair, he, he's, he's not as active anymore on it. He'll, he'll retweet some stuff. Again, like I said, it's mainly around football. It's, like I say, the the abusive stuff is is just stupid. So, you know, he went boxing the other day, Anthony Joshua with John Abeeker and Steve Corker. Yeah. And it was fine because he was still a Newcastle player then. Yeah. But then people will still go back to that picture that he's posted and then tweet underneath it that, oh, you're a shit because you left us and this, that and the other. So yeah, whereas yeah. before it's a line of positive stuff. Mm. <coughs> to be fair, he, 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 will, he doesn't really engage anymore. It's, it's just, it's pointless. And that's what it's doing. It's driving your professional people who we want to bring closer together. Exactly. So this is twi- this is what it did. It's it made driving them away. A great opportunity for, for, for your idols, the people who are playing the pits to actually engage. Mm. And it, was, it doesn't exist. There, I, I think that there's a distinction as well between platforms yeah. and and... And, and what kind of interaction you can have on, on, on different platforms and I think that there's a um, Twitter I think in its early days was great for that and I mm. think that most people that were on there were yeah, got we're that and were in into right that yeah. and then Twitter got sensationalised mm. and reported on so much that almost every man and his dog came onto Twitter mm. and then what this whole trolling kind of culture emerged but I, I think channels I don't know if it's on Snapchat <coughs> Yeah, he's on Snapchat. Oh, he's on Snapchat. Because yeah, yeah, I would yeah, expect yeah, that that yeah, would yeah. be a much more yeah. uh, enjoyable experience exactly. for him. And yeah. also, I think for people that are watching, because you can't really sometimes get that much from a yeah, but t- you know, from, from, what, from a little bit of a, a 144 characters. But I think from that video and, and some of those deals, you but can I'll really still, get an insight. I still feel well. that the platform is there because it was it was there to, for, for so people which to platform? engage. Uh, Twitter, whatever, any of them. any of them. They're there so that people can engage and be. And that you know, there's no difference between him the next person over there and the next person over there and whatever else 
Um, and depending on what football club you're at, you know you'll have a certain amount of following and you'll have people saying positive things about you. Mm. The fact that it now gives Joe Bloggs the opportunity to wake up one morning and go, do you know what, I think life is shit and I'm going to pick on someone who has made my life mm. shit. It, 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 it's so wrong, because, but it's systematic of our society and where it stands at the yeah. moment in, in this bloody universe of ours um, that we, wanna talk, we, we have a go at our players because they don't talk enough. Hmm. You know, they feel they're so far away. They're so detached from us. They're yeah. so, you know, all that money and they can't even retweet or they can't even... You retweet one that might be, oh, can you retweet this because it's not my little... Uh, and she's yeah, 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 And then the next person will go, well, you didn't effing retweet mine, did you? Yeah, but why are you? So all of a sudden you think to yourself, well, better the devil you know. Don't do that. Don't do that. And if I engage, I'm only going to engage with someone who's actually in the same profession as me because mm. they understand what I'm talking about. Mm. And then that takes away the whole point of having the bloody platform yeah. in the first place. But I agree with you. Something like Snapchat is so much different now. Yeah. And more, I can't get it at the moment. I don't. I'm, I'm struggling with it, but I'm I'll, sure get there. I'll get there. Cool, I'll get there. Come on, I'm going to do a snap now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's, yeah. it's for you know, it's better the devil you know. It's it's hard for a sports person now to be just themselves via that. You know, Tor Andre flow. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Yaya Torre. Yeah, um, yeah. Wall Street podcast received absolute dogs. Dogs abuse. Townsend. Absolute dogs abuse. Yeah. Well, Drove him away from the platform. Why would you want that? Yeah. You know. So. Well, it's, yeah, it's, that's exactly it. And you think actually you get an opportunity like Ian Wright does and, and uh, or did, and he engages, and you actually think, I get to speak to my hero today um, because I know he'll engage with me. Why would you not want to do that? And they, these these people have driven that opportunity uh, for, for other people to engage with him away. What, what Wright is doing, and like all of them, they just have an opinion like you and I mm. why would you want to drive them away so all of a sudden what you're saying is oh, I don't give a shit about your opinion I, I'm not interested yeah. I don't actually and then oh he's not on Twitter no more I can't abuse him no more I, I, I find the mentality of some people absolute extreme but you know it's the nature of the beast as they say it so really is you have to live with it it really is um, so just obviously you work for Kick It Out I do um, what, what's going on over there that's uh, flipping it there's too it's much going on bursting for a little bit go for a week <laughs> <Have this chat laughs> go, go, go for a week yeah. still, you got five ten minutes still yeah oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, alright so um, yeah, what, what's going on over there at the moment um, there's this it's kind of there, there seems to be like an ebb and flow with the issue of racism but it's more than just racism flab it, it's now we're an organisation that, that deals with discrimination right across the board you yep. know so there's homophobia there's sexism there's all these current issues that are out there that you know us along with many other parties are trying to eradicate from the game yep. I think people understand what racism is do you know what I mean they can articulate it they know that it's a difference between you know um, but you, know, you bring homophobia into play and you bring sexism into play and, and, and you know disability and faith and all those you know it's a less obvious thing it's it? less obvious and it's harder to talk about mm. um, particularly in the game of football because there's not a, not a recognition that there is a gay player in football I know so how can you talk about a topic that you don't think is actually there do you know do you know what, what, what I found absolutely alarming right um I think you're going to know exactly what I'm saying as soon as I say it Chris Smalling had uh, an interview just before the Euros were to start yeah. and I'd never heard Chris Smalling talk yeah. right? and I wasn't expecting him, that to, to be his voice and in fact I didn't even know who it was right? Okay. but I knew what I was going to see on Twitter as soon as I saw yeah. it 
Chris Morlin is gay. Yeah. Chris Morlin is definitely gay. Yeah. Why is he talking like that? Yeah. And what is that true? No, no, no. So there, there's so, and I was thinking how like how, what is the response on Twitter going to be? to that and, and the fact that I knew that that would be yeah, trending the response was going to be it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was horrendous and, and I, I put out a tweet saying I'd write do you know what I'm not even I, I can't be asked but the, 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 the people I was so annoyed so angry and I was thinking it is by the sound of someone's voice, voice there's going to be enough people to make a trend on Twitter that's to, how we victimise that's it how was, it was outrageous the universe like victimises people on the, on on the, a characteristic whether it's the way they talk the colour of their hair you know and then we get into the obvious the colour of the skin you know what sexuality they are whatever that, that, that we're judged all the time now and there's this this unacceptance of because of, remember the professional footballer is supposed to be big masculine you know what I mean it's yeah. supposed to be you know what I mean everything that embodies a man so for anyone to not be that so like you say with Chris his voice is, is, is not what people perceive it should be. Yeah. So they're crucifying for it. And imagine if you are gay and they think, look at what's just happened to Chris Morlin. Am it's, I going to do this? Am I going to put myself what, through this? It's what we talk about all the time. You know, this is what I have to educate the young players on and, and what I talk to them about is that, you know, to, to be inclusive and accept everyone for who they are. But because there's no one out there for them to go, well, hold on a minute, they look around them and say, no, this is, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing. You, you can see how, how, how potentially backward our game is, right? When you've got an openly gay rapper, you've got an openly gay world-level boxer, mm. two of the most hyper-masculine professions, even the females yeah. in, 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 in rap music specifically need mm. to just be absolutely masculine in presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so in those two cultures, you've got openly gay people. In football, there, there is really none. There's maybe... Well, not, the, not, in, not in Britain. It's all, it's all it's yeah, but again, Hitzelsberger retired. Robbie yeah. Rogers, who used to be at Leeds, retired from playing in England and, and, and went back to America and was accepted. Uh, Justin Fashionu, yeah. uh, who unfortunately took his own life, but you know his career went downwards after his revelation um, of being gay. And, and you know Justin Fashionu is a six foot three odd black guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just that lack of acceptance, and as much as what people want to put out there that. Um, We'll be all right with it, as they say. They're already excluding those because you know there's the term them or it or you know, and, and the way they describe people who may be uh, who, who, whose preference may not be the same as theirs mm. um, shows that there's still this. Is, you know, within the game, there's you know we've got a lot to a long way to a degree. Though it's a societal thing as well, isn't it? it you know, there is a that whole lad culture which I think is feels to me like it's changed a little bit like I remember there was a time where if you went out on a night out and you didn't drink lager mm, the yeah. people would look down on you like you and, and I haven't drunk lager for a while and I'd comfortable enough to be able to sit there and say I'm very happy to have a vodka and ginger ale <laughs> with fresh lime thank you very much but nice some thing. people are and they think that they have to con- kind of conform but I, I don't think it's a um, I, I, I think it, I think these things it's, it's like with racism I think that they're societal issues, not necessarily football's well, issue football or football's issue. thing to to to, to But solve. the power of the game, so people will think that the power of the game will help affect or eradicate uh, what is out in society. When, like you say, it's the other way around. You know, the, the, there's always that common thing of the man in the suit. You know, that that by day is is a I don't know whatever works in a bank or is a, a solicitor <laughs> or whatever else, mm. and by night he rips off the suit and goes into a ground that just hurls abuse at. Uh, 
uh, whoever he thinks that he can. Mm. Um, society walks into football. Football doesn't walk into society. Mm. It, it's the other way around. And yeah. The impact of that, unless we can, uh, you know, you talk about all the stuff that's gone on since, uh, you know, Britain decided to make a decision to, to leave Europe. Mm. So we've, I've already seen an increase in, in, in uh, you know, racial comments on social media and increase mm. and they're already high as it is yeah um, and football has to gear itself that that may happen in the game yeah. now because the country's going mad yeah. at the moment doesn't know whether it's left foot on the, the right or whatever the country is imploding for sure but exactly the, but the part of the problem is with something like that is anything that's polarising it kind of galvanises real um a power and, and, and opinions yeah, 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 on, yeah. on kind of both sides yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and in some ways it's kind of a process that we need to get beyond and we need to kind of get through mm. um, it's unacceptable but but in terms of the, the homophobic part of it is that there has been um, examples of uh, Arsenal at Tottenham of gay supporters groups putting up branding in stadiums yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting kind of accepted and and I actually kind of feel that there's going to be like and I've heard that there is someone fairly significant and big that could be coming out mm. imminently um, that, that's the talk and, and, and when that and, and if that actually does happen um, there's going to be some idiots there are but I think again that there'll be a lot of people that will kind of speak up and stand up for that and, 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 and like you said because there's been no one before mm. once there is and, mm. and, and you get to answer these problems I think it's, collectively. Still, it's still a difficult challenge I I one of the supports groups you talk about uh, the, the Lily Spurs Lily White so mm. I've worked closely with them now and uh, previously and I remember sitting on a panel um, with them a couple of couple of years ago and the question was asked to me do I ever do I think that a gay footballer will ever play in the Premier League in, 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 in my you know while I'm I kick it out or whatever else and I said no not in my lifetime and there was there was fury there was people were just like what do you mean and, and you know, and until this was two years ago, and I've always said that the game would be in a better place in four or five years' time. Mm. Until we can continue to, to to to, we can't relax. So until we continue to educate, until we continue to drum in the messages and and to get people to really understand, um, you know, why one there's no gay players in mm. in football in 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 England in the top divisions. You know why? What impact would there be of someone coming out? What you know? What support system does that put? It's the same thing that we talk about with players growing up in the mm. game. What support system? Who's the closest people to them? Who's going to help them through the good, the bad, and the ugly? You know. Listen, are we closer? We must be. I've heard rumours the same way that, mm. that you've probably heard rumours, but we're not there yet. Mm. And until you know, the person that or the people that do finally come out, they're going to be held on such a platform as well. It's either sink or swim time as well, isn't it? So the game will need to be very, very supportive towards them. I, I think there'll be um, a, a hell of a lot of people that are supportive. I, I, and, I believe that. And they're welcome on the Ball Street podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a shadow yeah. of a doubt, that, yeah. would, that would be fascinating. But, but also it's kind of a... Um, I mean, a mate of mine, I won't say he's a good mate, but I worked with him back at Sky back in... Um, you know, we've stayed in touch, so we're friends, yeah. right? And he's on my Facebook and stuff like that. And he's probably um, my age, forty, okay. And Our he, age. 
Our age. <laughs> I've done the maths. <laughs> I've done the maths, Troy. <laughs> but but he just came out the other yeah. day, right? Right. Okay. And, and I and I had uh, no idea. It came out on, on, on Facebook. I had no idea. Mm. Not that it, it matters to me whatsoever. Mm. But he's not in the public eye. He's in a. Um, he works in media, but very much, you know, that there are gay people in media that are. Uh, it, it's not like in football where there's nobody. Yeah, it's not right? taboo. But, right. but it's taken him until now, mm. and I think that partly, you know, let's not until you've walked a mile in someone's shoes, it's impossible yeah, to kind of know the yeah. field. But I, I don't think that there's a. I think it's it's something you have to go through as a guy to actually be like, look, is this what I am? Is this how I feel about that? People kind of are, are in jobs that they don't want to be in for a long time, but they struggle to get, or in relationships, you struggle to get to that point mm. where you actually are able to admit it and say to maybe to your wife or your employer and say, you know what? I actually don't want to be with you anymore. Yeah. I want to be with someone, or I want to go and leave and want to go live in another country and open a bar. I'm sick of being a lawyer, or whatever it is. So we can't underestimate the, the, the there's other things. Yeah, yeah, as a human being, to actually understand it, because I look at that and go, why didn't you say 10, 15 years ago? Don't be daft. But actually, you don't know the process. Into yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, of course you've done. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's a very fascinating, multifaceted subject. If you add, yeah, and if you add to that, all of those. Conflicts that that would any of us would go through, mm. and then put that in a football changing room, which is like as we've said in this podcast before. I went to Highbury Grove School, very tough school. Not a single person ever even talked about being gay, or the thought of even being remotely feminine was terrifying. All boys mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. If you take that mentality and put it into a football changing room which probably doesn't change a great deal up until even at the topmost level Jimmy Bullard on those magic sponge spoke about it being an absolute merciful I mean a merciless yeah is that right a merciless uh, atmosphere a, a toxic yeah. atmosphere I can see that but then again okay um, make it even more difficult it's more yeah I, I agree with that and, and I can understand that but equally if you look at male culture and young male culture in 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 the UK, right? It, everyone is very very self obsessed. Um, not everyone, sorry, but a lot of people are very self obsessed. Men are taking care of their appearance like never before. Um, in terms of tanning, in terms of gym, in terms of diet, the the whole slobbish lager lout ish beer bellied kind of thing you know there's a uh, I, I, I saw and, a good few of those I am <laughs> yeah, there are a good few of those. but equally you guys though are very image conscious and, 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 and kind of take care of it in, in many different ways so I would expect and, and having been around Wimbledon for example Wimbledon yeah. Football Club you know the guys that take it uh, I think I think that the society is kind of changing you know quite a lot as well yeah. so I, I'm not sure if that dressing room is going to continue to be that hopefully the only place. thing is the game the game doesn't see itself in society it's like that there's this big bubble around the game uh, and I would generally hope that there's a lot more openness and, mm. and acceptance uh, within within that change that change room environment as mentioned and so Jimmy's spot on is a very very difficult environment you either mm. sink or swim there's no kind of middle ground mm. do you know what I mean so and that's just you know you could be weak minded you could be yeah. you'll get crucified for that 
Yeah. Because again, you know, we're, we're all big, strong, and you, know, yeah. you have to prepare yourself right. But people can be bullied for all kinds of things. Well, that's what I mean. Be. Yeah, they they can be, and in so, that environment, it's a difficult one. Yeah. So be it your gear, be it your skin color, be it color of your hair, exactly. Be it the car, be it your Whatever. your accent, clobber, yeah, anything. Your clobber, you know, exactly. Anything, anything. So for those that don't know, kick it out. How do they? How do they? What do you do? How do you kick it out? <laughs> Well, you mean, kind of resign yourself to go. Do you know what? What do you do? Yeah. Well, how, no. Well, how do you uh, tackle that subject? Is what I'm saying. What well, do you, we what tackle it, but do? again by education. So, like I said, one of the things I do is, is work with the Premier League on going to every single Premier League academy club right across the age ranges, development all the way through development squad, which is under 21s all the way through to 11s. Yeah. Staff and parents, and talk about the subject. The more we can educate people, the, the better. There's no excuses no more for being uneducated because there's so much put into the minds and, 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 and thought process of, of young players mm. now. There's no more, well, I didn't know that that, or hiding behind mm. banter. Do you know what I mean? Which is one of the biggest things that, that people hide behind yeah. now is, oh, it's only a joke. It's, yeah. it's only, you know, there's no more hiding behind that. So we challenge that in that way. We work with fans groups through our Fans for Diversity initiative. Um, we educate senior pros. We educate uh, the boardroom. we so we're right across the board in all, all of that work um, to try and bring the game closer together and to make it uh, more inclusive because what you don't want is someone to come out or to be victimised for any particular reason and to feel that they don't want to be in the game no more. Mm. Um, and I suppose that's the most important thing in, in kind of like the work that I do is making sure that those young players are coming into the next level of the game with not only their footballing knowledge which they're going to have anyway, which is going to be inputted through their coaching and, and whatever else, but also a knowledge of the wider perspective of what's going on within society because, you know what, the game is unforgiving and the game builds you up quite quickly. You know, So you could be a 17-year-old one week and then you could be a 17-year-old first-team player the next mm-hmm. and then everyone wants a piece of you. Who are you? Where are you from? You know, so I found this with Andros. The minute he made his debut and scored for England, there's people outside my house. You know, and they're describing the house. So in the next day in the paper, it's just a description of the house. What has that got to do with him scoring a goal at Wembley? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and they're they're hunting you down, they're chasing you. So they become inquisitive very, very quickly. And then what they'll do is I get people ringing me up saying, I had a journalist on the phone the other day. What what, what did I, you know, because everyone wants to know Mm. about Marcus Rashford. Poor Marcus Rashford. Six months in the Premier League. Scoring goals, little fresh-faced lad, yeah. and then front page of one of the newspapers, which you'll probably know which one it is, um, is the fact that his cousin or nephew, whatever it was, had killed someone. Yeah. When Marcus was six. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what's that got to do with the lad's playing career, by the way? They don't care, Troy. But they don't care, unfortunately. So, you know, it, it's part and parcel of what players really? have to live with that as well. So a kick, kick it out, winning the battle, is it a never, can you, can you I don't think or? you can ever say winning the battle, but someone said to me, you know, they say to me, oh, I suppose when you're out of a job or, or is when, you know, we finally realise that we've done it. We're never going to do it. It's you society, know. isn't it? Society. So, you know, like I said, focus was on racism before, it's moved on. I said there's, there, people can articulate racism a lot more, it's still out there, you know. It's more out there in European countries, as we've seen, more than it is in England. But let's not get away from it. It's still here in England. Mm. But there's, you know, there's other issues that need tackling as well. And, and hopefully we're at the forefront of those issues and trying to help eradicate them. But this has been going on forever and a day. So 
it's ne- you're not just going to wake up one morning and go, that's it. We're no. done. Do you know what I mean? Of so not. there's constant challenges, there's constant education, there's constant letting the game understand what the power it has as well. And I think sometimes we lose sight of the power the game has, whether it's in a senior level or whether it's through grassroots football. Mm. And I think that's our next challenge is grassroots football and making sure that that's a safer place to, to play and to to be a parent at or to watch us to watch, you know what I mean? And again, I think the impact of what's happening in, with the nation in Europe yeah. over the last week uh, could have an impact at that level of the game more and more so so there's always challenges out there but like I say we've, we've got a reporting officer that does an absolutely brilliant job of, of you know the work the stuff on social media mm. and putting people to task on some of the stuff they, they put on social media um, and the journey continues the battle continues as such so well you did a fantastic job kicking out been around for a long long time and obviously almost kind of part of the furniture in British football uh, thankfully um, you can contact them on at kick it out uh, they use a hashtag as well kick it out yep and Troy what's, do, do you need more followers <laughs> if you want we'll give them to you you know what I've just lost about 1,000 1,500 followers <laughs> oh, no. yeah, the abuse that I'm getting going Tragic. down every day but it's just strictly at town 010 at town 010 if you fancy cool uh, handle communicate yeah. with me yeah very cool handle well look thank you very much no, for, been for coming pleasure. on um definitely love to have you back on open invitation Brilliant. really interesting chatting to you yeah um, good luck to there was no nibbles but that's fine I'll just have the water for I should have shared the booze <laughs> I, there was a there was a whole Snickers there was a whole Snickers bar but that was the, the pre-meal before the, right right yeah. okay, yeah. I shared the boost. why didn't you share the boost? I know I needed you were just it. so hungry I was very hungry oh, oh, oh no I haven't eaten anything <laughs> but good luck with um, you know to the lab for the season Thank good you. luck kick it out and, yeah. you know we'd love to see you again down the road no, yeah. brilliant. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Troy. Remember to, to subscribe to Ball Street, leave a review on there because we want you to, and it's nice. And it's not about our ego; it's it's for iTunes so that they boost our podcast up the rankings. Yeah. We got some uh, got some cool guests and things happening in the next few weeks as well. So yep. um, a couple of ex pros in the pipeline. That's right. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I I don't know if I want to. Actually, I will. Go on, Maradona next week. Maradona. Maradona. <laughs> All right, Maradona is the Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.